Welcome to the Recruitment Hackers Podcast, a show about innovations, technology, and leaders in the recruitment industry. Brought to you by TalkPush, the leading recruitment automation platform. Welcome back to the Recruitment Hackers Podcast. I'm your host, Max Ambruster, and today I'm delighted to welcome Roy Baladi, who is the new founder of Take This, Jobs for Humanity. This is a new company with grand plans, and I really love the, the initial intent of, of helping humanity <laughs> connect them with jobs. I think all of our listeners will connect. So welcome to the show, Roy. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. So Roy, we had been connected some time back when you were head of marketplace at Smart Recruiters, which is an ATS company based in San Francisco. And you're now back in, in your home country, I believe, after a long time in the US. I'm in Lebanon now. Um, yep. And I left in 2001. Wow. To study computer science and finance and math at Virginia Tech. And now 20 years later, it was my birthday that this past weekend, I'm celebrating my very first birthday in two decades in Lebanon, surrounded by family, which feels really good. I'm not here permanently, but I'm enjoying the fact that the world has turned remote and I can actually explore a lot more than I could before. Of course, I hear Beirut is a great city to celebrate birthdays, I believe. I've heard good things. So maybe without going into the the whole career path, but how did you end up in recruitment? I, I should just ask. I, I suppose it was, you came in from the product side, right? And you said that you were studying math and then ended up uh, in recruitment a little bit by, through the accidents of a career. Yeah, well, my first job was on Wall Street. I was in the derivatives trader on Wall Street. And then within a year, I realized, what the heck am I doing here? That really doesn't resonate with me. I love the quant side, but it didn't bring purpose. And then the financial crash hit. That was 2006 to 2010. And then the world came upside down. And as we came out of this crash, I, I told myself, where do I fit? I, I'm going to find myself at the age 35 with no skills that I'm interested in. That thinking led me to start to ask myself a question, where do I fit? And that got me down the rabbit hole of psychographics, which are able to identify career paths based on natural skills and natural interests. And that was the genesis of a, my first startup that got me into the recruiting tech from the candidate side called Fresh Grad, mm -hmm. which did exactly that in 2010. Behavioral assessments for, for young job seekers, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Great. And then after that, uh, Smart Recruiters and now Jobs for Humanity. So tell me more about this new project. Jobs for Humanity is honestly a cry from the heart. It is not something that I came in and said, I'm going to put together a business plan. This is how I'm going to, what I'm going to do. It's a, a global movement of job creation for overlooked communities. And the communities that we really want to start to work with are the blind. There are 285 million blind and visually impaired individuals in the world. 36% are unemployed. 
And if you go on Google and you look for um, jobs for the blind, you're not going to find the job board for them. You're not going to find outlets for mm-hmm. them. Then other causes are jobs for uh, the neurodivergent. Most people don't know what that term means. And this is where you have all the autistics, Asperger's, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia. And that's if you add them all together, whether diagnosed, and there's a lot of people not diagnosed yet, it's about 1 billion people on earth, 17% of the population, and it's growing very fast. You've got your geniuses there. Einstein, Newton, we're on the spectrum. Let people say that Bill Gates uh, is on the spectrum, but that's not confirmed. Sir Richard Branson is on the spectrum. A lot of scientists, yet they're having a heart, 80% underemployment in that community. Then you've got single moms. Um, a lot of people don't realize that one in seven women above the age of 18 on earth today is a single mother raising children. In the United States, that translates to 14 million single moms raising 16 million children. Their average income is $35,000 a year, when the national income is 80000 a year. So imagine over $3,000 at the U.S. expenses a month is what you have to raise a child and work and pay for yourself and one or multiple children. It's very difficult to be a single mother, and but I never thought about it as a disfavored population on the employment side. In fact, I've always, you know, as an employer, I've always looked at single mom as like, that's absolutely a place to go because they have so much, you know, great work ethics and, and purpose. You know, uh, compared to maybe, I don't want to call out any other group. <laughs> the unemployment rate among single moms is double the national average and oh, double wow. the global average. So the, the national and average in the U.S. is about 6 point something percent. Global is about 5.8, like about 6%. Single moms is 13%. Blind is 36%. Near divergent is about 80% underemployment mm-hmm. where they're underutilized. Did you say 80, other- 80% for neurodivergence? 80 underemployed, yeah. So they, they could be working, but they're working in something that really does not utilize their brain. And the barriers are honestly not that hard. That's the big opportunity here, is that companies just don't know how to open up. Like, for example, I've interviewed hundreds of recruiters and I asked them, have you ever interviewed a blind person? The answer is almost always no. If you interview a blind person, do you even know if you can send them back, send them a follow-up email? Will they be able to read it? Do you know mm-hmm. what this is? Technologies are. It's not hard. And this stuff is not in recruiting school because the training doesn't really cover that. But there's such a big margin of the population that really needs it. A lot of people were not blind when they started their lives. They had regular jobs and then they lost their eyesight. So they could really do any job. And with assistive technologies like screen readers, magnifiers, apps like Be My Eyes, then you can do pretty much any job. Complex, complex spreadsheet, done. Presentations, yes. All of that, to be a developer, yes, you can do that as a blind individual. The three other causes are returning citizens from incarceration, and refugees, and Black leaders, the Black community. Okay, well, I'm super interested in digging a little bit deeper into the blind problem, because it seems to me that, and I must admit, I, I personally, I've interviewed thousands of people, but I don't think I've interviewed a blind person. I mean, so I'm part of that statistic. I've never really thought about it, to be honest, but now I am. And I'm wondering, isn't the biggest uh, impediments, I mean, the fact that I, I don't know how a blind person would see my job ad, 
And I don't know exactly like what you said, if they can open and read my emails. I've met blind people who have corresponded with you, me through email, and I guess they have a, an app that reads it out loud for them. How do you approach this from your angle as a technologist looking at the blind community? Do they need to have like an Alexa for job search? That's one way. That's a really cool way. And actually, when I worked at Smart Recruiters, I was just hacking with a few developers and we had built an Alexa for job search. And so she'd read, tell you, these are the applications that you submitted. This is the stage that you're in. It's not the job search, actually, it's the follow-up post-application. But the first thing that you do as a technologist is you make sure that your job, your career page and your job ad are accessible. That's the most important thing that you must do or else you're just not opening the door. There are two types. So most people, so of the 380 or 360, 380 million people on earth who are you know, visually impaired, 39, only 39 are blind, completely blind. And 350 or 340 have low vision. If you have low vision, and think about an adult, right? When you look at their phone, but the font is much bigger. And actually, this feature is an accessible feature for the blind that we're all using and enjoying today. And the older you get, the worse your vision is going to get, the worse your hearing is going to get. So people start to kind of use them without realizing that it actually was meant for accessible individuals. But now they're catching up in popularity because everybody uses them because they're convenient. So the three things that you really want to take into account are one, if a screen reader is reading my page, does it make sense? Or am I using flash and there's an image covering the text and, and the screen reader can't read it? And am I able to know where, where to click and where to click through basically? If the second thing that you want to pay attention to is the color contrast. If you have low vision or if you have you know, color blindness, you want to make sure that you're using the right colors and have the right color contrast. And the third thing is you need to be able to have the text laid out in a way where it can be magnified by mm-hmm. 10x for low uh, vision. So that you, for low vision. Yeah. And now I'm simplifying it quite a bit because there was a lot of things that our developers and the testers on our site had to go through in order to make sure that the site jobs for all the sites that we produce on Jobs for Humanity, each individual job site for each individual community is accessible for the blind. So it's going to be, you're not going to have a, a job site just for the blind and a job site just for the neurodivergent? Or we you will. will. You will. We will. That makes sense. I mean, for me, it would be like something that maybe Google could work on where just like they translate the websites when I go shop for things on Alibaba, they could translate things for me if I was uh, visually impaired or blind and just show me the blind version of the website. I've met people at Google who have worked on that problem specifically mm-hmm. and even having braille keyboards and things like that, but it hasn't made its way to uh, perfect commercialization. Like for example, I've got a widget that uh, translates everything from one language to another. And I can just press a button and translate the page immediately for me, which is super nifty when I'm traveling. But uh, when it comes to blind accessibility, we are way behind. And are there some jobs that are more popular with uh, the visually impaired than others? Are there some industry or some job types that are a better fit? And obviously, we're not going to give someone, uh, you know, they're not going to be driving a truck, for example, or a plane. Those are the obvious ones. But are there some jobs where they have a higher chance of success? Honestly, I don't know. 
were launching in uh, two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And every company, and this is a frequently asked question. Mm-hmm. So uh, the companies, and so I'm starting with 10 pilot, 10 pilot customers. And I just want to give them a, like a quick shout out to those companies because they're awesome. They immediately said yes. So that's uh, booking. They have 15,000 employees. They've got hundreds of jobs all over the world. They're headquartered in the Netherlands. And they said yes to all six causes. Yes to all jobs, which I loved. And my suggestion, yeah, is put all those jobs in. And then the others are Spectrum, 70,000 employees, Telecom Company, Jazz Pharma, Pharmaceutical, Auburn Mm -hmm. Washburn High School, which matters so much to me to have a school, not high school, it's a unified school district, a full uh, school in Kansas, which matters so much to me because imagine having a blind teacher that really impacts droves of students who will then grow to be very inclusive and very aware of that. And then we got Turnitin, an ed tech company, Contentful, another technology company, Checker, who does background checks and has been supporting the returning citizens. And actually Checker is offering free background checks to any formerly incarcerated individual going through the platform and actually they're opening it up so that they can see the, the results of the background checks and better defend themselves and better prepare. Tigo, which is a telecom company, like the largest telecom company in Latin America. I know Tigo. And Nielsen, 35,000 employees, all of them saying yes, yes, yes. Now, with all of them, I'm telling them, put all the jobs in. So what we'll do is we'll automatically pull the jobs from their job sites. They don't need to make that effort. We'll put them on these six individual job sites, which are beautiful and very modern. And then from there, candidates will start to apply. Mm-hmm. As they apply, they end up in the backend recruiting system, which I'm using smart recruiters, partnering with a bunch of recruiting technologies to, to make a seamless program. So once the candidates are in the backend, the algorithm identifies the top three candidates for each job. And then we'll have recruiter volunteers. They could be volunteers from the companies that we're working with, external volunteers who are recruiters and really care and and feel like learning and supporting, or community members who, for example, come from a a rough neighborhood or a lighthouse for the blind, who say, hey, I wanna help my my community get connected with these job opportunities, which weren't here before, and help them get a job. And so the company, all they have to do is say, take my jobs, we'll get back to them if we have three highly qualified candidates, and they guarantee an interview. And then we have a training program done by experts who are on our team. So for example, for the blind, it's Lighthouse for the Blind, Be My Eyes, and the Center for Accessibility at Spectrum. And we have this program that would then help the job seekers with the top challenges they have and how to address them, the employers, the top challenges they have, how to address them, open up awareness on basically what are the assistive technologies and help through the interview process, all the way through the hire, the onboarding, and beyond uh, okay. through a very nifty training program. So it's like an end-to-end solution where you also deliver screening and interviewing and almost like an RPO. Yeah, you can yeah. say so, exactly. Okay. okay, great. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised that you've got these employers who are signing up for it. I, I think it's a wonderful story and you'll have no problem getting signups. And what other kind of help are you, so you're registering help right now from volunteers who want to build those communities and 
those volunteers are, are doing what exactly? Are they interviewing uh, the candidates, the job seekers? Yeah, so the volunteer, so if someone wants to volunteer, they can go on jobsforhumanity.com, scroll through the page. If this page speaks to them, there's a volunteer section. They can volunteer, they can use their skills. The two main sections of volunteers that we're looking for, and then there are a few others, but one is to be a recruiter, and you don't have to have prior recruiting experience. We'll train you on this. For example, if you say, I want to help the blind or the blind and the neurodivergent. We'll give you the training on both through elegant. Oh, there it is. Right. This is a podcast, so we're not supposed to describe the screen too much, but I'm showing for people who are logging on YouTube to, to see what the website looks on. Yeah. So go on. I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. So you see the six causes that you can volunteer for. Each one of them will open up to the job sites. Underneath is this volunteer section. You could be basically say, I want to be a recruiter for one, two, or all causes. And then we'll give you an, a really cool training practical training on how to get into the product, identify the top candidates, connect to the hiring managers and support both through the hiring process. You can also be the second big group is an ambassador. If you want to spread the word to the different communities that all these jobs are available and exist for them. And then in addition, if you're a designer, you can design. If you're a developer, you can code. If you're a grant writer, you can help write grants. So all of these, basically your natural skills and what you normally do, you can put a couple of hours a week if you're interested and join this movement. This is uh, very practical, which is what the world needs. Not angry people on social media, but practical people who help others get jobs. <laughs> so well done on finding, you know, taking this problem by the horn. And I hope our listeners will go and, and visit jobsforhumanity.com to to sign up as volunteers is there another way to get a hold of you roy yeah you can email me at roy.baladi at jobsforhumanity.com or i also have the alias roy at jobsforhumanity.com there you go thanks and all the best with this project and hope we'll find a way to support your cause through talk push as well thank you so much max i really appreciate the opportunity and visibility. And thanks for listening if you made it all the way through. That was Roy Ballady for Jobs for Humanity. Technology does its best work when it reduces transaction cost and creates opportunities for people. So I have no doubt that Jobs for Humanity has a bright future. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Roy. And if you'd like to hear more from entrepreneurs in the talent acquisition space or talent acquisition professionals, please subscribe and share with your friends.